Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. For copyright and disclaimers, as well as information about how to contact the iCritical Care staff, please listen to the notice at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker, MD, FCCM. Today, we will discuss a clinical investigation published in the May 2009 issue of Pediatric Critical Care Medicine, Severe Invasive Community-Associated Methicillin-Resistant Staphylococcus aureus Infections in Previously Healthy Children. Joining us today is the author, Amy Creel, MD, a pediatric critical care physician at Children's Hospital in New Orleans, Louisiana. The reference for this article is Pediatric Critical Care Medicine, 2009, Volume 10, Number 3. Good afternoon, Dr. Creel. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Would you please tell us what you did in this study and what your major findings were? Yes. Um, In a conversation with one of the other intensivists when I was doing my fellowship at the University of Alabama in Birmingham, we discussed that we thought we were seeing more previously healthy children come in with severe methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus disease. After discussing that for a little while, we decided the best way was to go back and do a full retrospective chart review to decide if if we just were remembering more cases, if there were actually more occurring. We first did a database search to look for positive cultures, and that led us to a full retrospective chart review. We looked at the time period from 2001 to 2007 and found that, in fact, while we had had zero cases of previously healthy children with MRSA invasive disease in our intensive care unit from 2001 to 2006, between 2006 and 2007, um, specifically March of 2006 to September 2007, we had 11 cases. And so that drastic rise in the incidence led us to want to explore that further and and try to uh, explore the epidemiology of this so we might see what was going on. So what were the major findings that you discovered when you did this retrospective chart review? Sure. In addition to the dramatic increase in incidence, 0 to 11, while still very small numbers, it was obviously a big increase, um, we also found that the mortality rate of those 11 patients was much higher than our overall mortality rate in the PICU. The mortality rate for those 11 patients was 27%. Um, well, while the overall mortality rate in our intensive care unit was less than 7% during that same time period. We also found that the length of pediatric intensive care unit stay for those 11 patients was seven times longer than all other diagnoses combined. Do you know if other institutions have found similar things or if the adult community patients at your hospital or in your area have found rapid increase in MRSA? Sure. Casual conversations have um, shown that other people, especially in the Southeast, have been seeing a rise in MRSA in previously healthy children. However, there's not been a lot published yet about that. Most of the publications involve um, medically devastated children or children with long-term chronic care issues. So this was one of the first studies looking specifically only at previously healthy children. We have heard um, from some of our adult colleagues also that they're seeing the incidence as well, but I'm not sure whether that's in healthy or chronically ill patients. Um, 
The CDC also released a report in 2007 saying that the overall incidence um, of MRSA infection for invasive disease, not just skin infections, has gone up by 60,000 cases between 2000 and 2005. So it's much um, more prevalent, but that, that does involve both adults and pediatrics. Why do you think the incidence of community-acquired MRSA is increasing so drastically? And do you have any thoughts about why so much in previously healthy children? I think that's really the the most interesting question from this whole study, and unfortunately, I don't have great answers. I think there's two things to consider. One, is the bacteria itself changing? Are we seeing different strains? I think for a future study, it would be wonderful to try to look specifically at the bacteria itself in previously healthy children, look at the strains, and then those that are in um, chronically ill children, and see if there's any difference. Perhaps we're seeing mutated strains that are now working towards previously healthy children more. I think the other question is, are these truly previously healthy children? Is there an immune deficiency that has not been picked up? Should we be looking at the child who gets a skin abscess and comparing their immune system to the child who gets invasive disease? Or perhaps their underlying genetic makeup? Absolutely. I I think that there's a a wealth of studies there waiting to be done. Um, This uh, was one small study at one institution, and I I would love to see some nationwide collaborative studies here looking at at the epidemiology across the country and then taking that a step further to look at the immunological status of these children. Has this study led you to change the way you treat children who come in with severe infections or sepsis or septic shock? So I I no longer use vancomycin alone as coverage for suspected MRSA disease. In our study, we found that eight patients who were started on vancomycin from the very beginning of their illness still required over four days to clear their bacteremia with vancomycin alone. So I think at this point that whether it's due to vancomycin heteroresistance, biofilms, or poor penetrance, I think vancomycin alone is no longer appropriate for a severely ill child with suspected MRSA. So I would tend to start now multiple drugs with MRSA activity after this study. How do you identify the children with suspected MRSA infection if these are presumably previously healthy children? And absolutely, that's one of the big problems. There are no great markers. I think we just now have to have a high index index of suspicion for that child with severe septic shock. Did these children have any particular focus of the infection? pneumonia, urinary tract infection, skin infection, precipitating sepsis, or anything like that that could lead you to a particular source? Interestingly, there was a wide variety of presentation. Uh, The children had most of them had pneumonia, but a many good, wide variety of them also had um, bone or joint involvement. So eight of our 11 patients had bone and joint involvement, many of them requiring surgical debridement of those joints to clear that. So I think Certainly in a child who I saw bone and joint involvement, I would be very suspicious of MRSA. But I think in all children with severe septic shock, with the increase in incidence, uh, I would now strongly consider adding at least two drugs that would cover MRSA. That sounds like reasonable advice. Uh, Do you have any other final comments you'd like to make? I would just like to encourage others to, to... participate in this research as well and to contribute what's going on at their um, at their institution or possibly try to work on some collaborative studies. I think that we need to have some definitive guidelines for what appropriate empiric treatment of suspected MRSA sepsis is. And I think also we need to have some 
uh, guidelines for what the composition and duration of that treatment should be once we have proven that it is MRSA. There are no clear guidelines at this point for pediatrics. I think also just um, further studies in the areas we were mentioning before as far as the immuno, um, immunologic profile of these children when they come in are needed. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Dr. Creel. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. We've been speaking today with Dr. Amy Creel from the Children's Hospital in New Orleans, Louisiana, about the article, Severe Invasive Community-Associated Methicillin-Resistant Staphylococcus Aureus Infections in Previously Healthy Children. This concludes our podcast. Uh, for iCritical Care Podcast, I'm Dr. Margaret Parker. Join or renew your membership with SCCM, the only multi-professional society dedicated exclusively to the advancement of critical care. Members receive discounts on all SCCM educational programs and resources. Please ask to speak to a customer service representative or visit www.sccm.org membership for more information. The iCritical Care podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is Margaret Parker, MD, FCCM, guest podcast editor for pediatrics. Dr. Parker is director of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Stony Brook University in Stony Brook, New York. She also is a professor of pediatrics at Stony Brook University Medical Center. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email iCriticalCare at sccm.org or info at sccm.org.